we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Here we go. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. The disciples had been following Jesus during his public ministry for about a year at this point in Matthew chapter number 10. They had heard the Son of God preach the, the truths and the riches and teach with authority uh, the, the marvelous and powerful truths of the ages. They've heard things in that first year that no one else was privileged to hear at times. They had seen and been a part of the miraculous works of the Savior. As a matter of fact, if you would look back in chapter 9, the last four verses right before cha uh, chapter 10, and look in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among them. What a blessing to see. Can you imagine being a part of that and seeing those things as Jesus did them and, 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 and with your own eyes seeing those who were broken to be made whole and those who were diseased to, to be healed and, and devils cast out and the, the life of bondage immediately removed. What an incredible privilege that they had. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. By the way, that's still true today. People want to hear, people want to talk, people have questions, people want to know. God's people need to be willing to labor and to speak. The laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now I don't know how much time uh, is, is between verse 38 of chapter 9 and verse 1 of chapter 10, but it's almost an immediate action that takes place uh, or, or close thereby uh, on this particular prayer because in verse number 1, he called them unto him, the 12 disciples, and gave them power and told them to go. And so now, as he has given the apostles instruction, he is, it's time for the disciples to follow in his steps. Jesus said, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
I mean, for the apostles, this is where the, the rubber was about to meet the road. It was about to get real, real fast for them. They'd had the privilege of walking with Jesus. They had had the privilege of seeing Jesus uh, preach and hearing him preach and seeing him do the miracles. But now he's telling them to go do what he has done. The, the, the call for, for Peter and the other three to be fishers of men is about to be realized. And it's a work of faith and obedience. But I'm sure that there was still insecurity and anxiety. I mean, can you imagine after all of those wonderful things they were privileged to see and now Jesus says, I want you to go and do the same things. I want you to go not to the, to the Gentiles. Now he had been to the Gentiles and many Gentiles had received Christ. Uh, don't go to the Samaritans, but I want you to go to Israel. I want you to go to the, the, the people of your land. I want you to go to, to those who are right around you and I want you uh, to go to them. And I'm sure there was anxiety and, and insecurity. As a matter of fact, an interesting thought in verse number one, the Bible says that Jesus gave them power, but it doesn't say that he told them that he gave them power. He just told them to go and do these things. And what did they have to do? They had to believe Jesus and go do it. And so Jesus called them, isn't that a blessing, to these who... Uh, earlier had been called to come after him, now he's calling them unto him. These 12 apostles would be close and intimate companions with Christ. They would see and hear things that no one else in the world would. The call to follow him was a call to be with him, not merely to imitate him. Because none of us can imitate Christ and do what he does unless we are spending time with him and in his presence and following after the Holy Spirit as he leads us. Jesus called them. I want you to notice this too, that Jesus equipped them. He gave them power and the word power is, is authority. Jesus enabled them and empowered them so that they could preach. And the text doesn't tell us that he told them that he gave them power just that he did. Jesus gave them a clear plan. It was his will. He said to go to the lost sheep of Israel. I have a specific place for you to go, a specific purpose for you going. And then Jesus makes this wonderful statement in verse number seven. And this is the statement that has jumped out to me and that the Lord has reminded me of over and over and over again. He says, and as you go, preach. In other words, you don't need to wait until you arrive to where you're supposed to be to preach, but preach as you go. The word preach, as we know, means to proclaim. It's to proclaim openly something which has been done. In preaching of the kingdom, it's uh, the, the preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand is simply preaching the gospel, that the Messiah has come, that all of the signs and all of the sacrifices and all of the, the temple furniture and all of the, the traditions that we've held to that all point to the Messiah coming. Hey, he's here. He has come. Salvation is realized and it's open for you to be able to receive Christ as Savior. He's here. They were to proclaim something which had been done. What had been done? The Messiah had arrived and they were to take that message and go uh, to, the, to the cities and to the towns of Israel. But Jesus tells them to, as you go to preach, on your way there, I want you to preach. 
Mark 6 says in a parallel passage of, of this account uh, that Jesus sent them forth by two and two. It's a good idea to follow as we, as we try to, to visit and, and go out and tell folks about the Lord. Matthew 11, 1 says, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. So he was not just telling them what to do and where to go and how to do it, but he was continuing to do as he had taught them. He went into other towns. He departed and went into other towns. And this is the apostles' first recorded time of going on their own to preach without Jesus. We don't know exactly how long they were gone, but we understand that while they were away, John the Baptist is beheaded. And when the apostles come back, they tell him everything that, that they did. And Jesus says to come apart, let's rest a while because Jesus knew that there were 5,000 men who needed to be fed plus their, their, their wives and, and children. And a great miracle was about to take place. And so tonight I want to try to encourage us about this very same thought that we get from verse number seven, and it's the title of the message. And as ye go, preach. Would you pray with me and ask the Lord to speak to you and to help you and to help me and to do his work tonight? Father, thank you for the scriptures and thank you for the example that you give and the power of the gospel. Lord, we have such great opportunity. and There's such a great need. And I ask you to take this, this truth that we're all familiar with, these thoughts that we've all considered, that we've perhaps heard many times, and that you would refresh them in, their, in our minds because it is still the single most important thing that you and I can do in an outward show of our faith. That's to tell others about you. And so as we take this passage and apply it to where we are, I ask you to help me, and I pray that you'd speak to hearts and that your will would be accomplished. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. You and I as believers have been given a very similar uh, commission from the Lord, as you know, of course. In Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, the Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Well, that's everywhere, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That same commission is given again through Mark in Mark 16, 15. Go ye, in all, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 20 says, They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. In Luke 24, verses 46 and 47, Jesus said, Thus it is written and thus it behooved uh, Christ uh, to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Excuse me, that was not Jesus speaking. John 20, 21 is Jesus. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Many of you know Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God has given us this commission as his children and as believers to share the truth of the gospel with everyone, everywhere. And that is my responsibility as a believer and it's not just because I'm an, I'm an assistant pastor here or a preacher or have been in the ministry. It's because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. It's because that what God has put in me by the Holy Spirit is a hunger and a desire that other people would know it. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that same desire, that same hunger resides in you to let other people know about Jesus. We've got a lot of reasons why we don't. There's a lot of, of excuses that we use, that I use. There's a, there's a lot of uh, fears that we have and anxieties that we have about it. But I want to try to give some thoughts this evening to, to help us to relax and just talk about Jesus. And so if I can give you several things this morning, there's 23 of them, or this evening, there's 23 of them. You think I'm kidding. How about we just give you six of them tonight then? Number one, Jesus has called and empowered us. To do what? To live for Him. To do His will. He has placed inside of us the very Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit resides inside of you and me. And all the power that the Holy Spirit has is available to us. All the wisdom that God wants us to have is available to us. The boldness is available to us through the Holy Spirit. Everything that we need to be able to live a life of holiness, to live for Him, and to follow His commission to share Christ with others, to talk about Jesus to others, He has given us through the Holy Spirit of God who resides in us, who enables us, who empowers us. Peter reminds us that, that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So anything that I need in this life to do His will, He has provided to me and He has provided to you. Do you believe that? That means then that I can do all the things that Christ wants me to do through Him. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do what God wants me to do because God has given me everything that I need to be able to do it. And so can you. He has called us and he has empowered us to speak for him. Number two, Jesus has given us a clear plan. That plan we just read in those five different books of the Bible, the first five books of the New Testament, we're to follow his will, we're to live for him in the day to day, and as we do so, we're to talk about Jesus. He's given us a clear plan. It's not confusing what our job as believers are in this world. 
It's amazing how many times in my own life that I've been so busy, and here's the shameful thing, so busy about ministry that I fail to minister to the greatest need of people right under my nose. Jesus has given us a clear plan. And he says, in your life, and as you're following my will, and as you're going where I want you to go, and as the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and as we acknowledge the Lord and he directs our steps, as we go in his will and as he directs our lives, he has a will and a plan and a purpose, but as we are going there, we're to speak for Jesus. He says, number three, on the way, preach. And as ye go, as you're on the way, as you're going through life, preach, witness. What are we to witness of? We're to openly proclaim what Jesus has done for us. We're to speak about the Lord in our daily life. We're to speak for him. And what I mean by that is not always taking out your family Bible as you're at the grocery store line and and uh, going through all four or five points of the Romans road while you're standing in line. Now, if you have that opportunity, go for it. But most likely, you're not going to have that opportunity. But you can tell someone that you go to Tabernacle Baptist Church, or you can hand them a gospel tract, or if you are having a conversation, you can mention Jesus in your conversation. You can talk about your church. You can talk about your salvation because everything we speak for him and everything we say in his honor, God can use to work in their hearts and minds to draw people to himself. How many of you remember when they used to allow the people sit standing uh, or sitting behind the, the goalpost in a football game to hold up the John 3.16 sign? How many of you remember that? You know why you remember that? Because it made an impact. We understand that, that God has to, uh, has to draw all men to him who are going to be saved. He has to draw people to him if they're going to be saved. What does he use to draw them? He uses creation. He, he uses uh, our conscience. And he uses Christians. He uses your words of encouragement, the glory that you give to the Lord, the praise that you say to other people about Him, the talking of the church, the handing out of the gospel tract, the sharing a, a verse from Scripture. He uses all of those things. And a gospel witness is not just going through the Romans road or whatever other uh, plan that you use. And I'm all about the plans and I love the plans, but it's not all about that because most of the time when you're in the way as you go, you can't do that. But you can tell them that Jesus loves them. You can tell them that Jesus died for them. You can say, I'll pray for you. Is that a witness? Yes or no? I remember going to, my wife is, is uh, during spring break, she was able to fly out yesterday and go visit her dad in Illinois. And my son and I are planning to, to uh, go tomorrow or Tuesday and spend a couple days there with him as well. And it reminded me of the church there. Their former pastor uh, was Gary Dice and health and different things. He uh, uh, retired from there and, and, and the Lord is, is using him. But he had a brother in the church. His name was Rick. Rick, when he was a child, was, um, I think it was a mosquito, some kind of a bug, but I think it was a mosquito that bit him and, and, it, and, it, and it did something to his, his brain, some type of brain damage to him. And it was very serious. I don't know all the, all the details about it, but over the, the, the years of, and I mean years, even when I was in college, I would go there. So over the last 30 years, every time that I would go there, uh, 
Rick would come up to me and he'd say, hey, how are you doing? He would shake my hand and then he would say, Jesus is coming. Yes, sir, Rick, he sure is. Praise the Lord. He's coming back. Do you know him? And he would shake my hand. I'd come back the next time and he would shake my hand and say, hey, Jesus is coming. Every single time I saw him, whether it was in the church or whether it was at an activity away from the church, his words to me and his words to everybody was talking about Jesus and witnessing for him. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He couldn't carry on much of a conversation, but he knew how to tell people that Jesus is coming and that Jesus loved him. And maybe there's something like that that you and I can do as far as speaking to folks and talking of Jesus. But I want to challenge you tonight. Daily, ask the Lord to help you be a witness. Look, you and I won't be aware if we're not asking God to help us. I don't know about you, but just like at your job, while we're serving here, it gets busy. There are people that come on this property that don't know Jesus Christ. There are people that do work around here and that we hire for different things and we want them to know Jesus and the Lord is allowing us to have them come to us. What a shame for us to pass by them and not encourage them about the Lord. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at my own frustration and it's pouring over on you. But the simple honest truth is it's not difficult to speak for the Lord and to be a witness for Him. Daily ask the Lord to help you be a witness. How about help and encourage and use your gifts? Look at verse number eight. They told, uh, Jesus told them to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Uh, freely you have received, freely give. You know what he's telling them to do? As you go, you're going to find people who need help. You're going to find people who need healing. You're going to find people possessed of devils. You're going to find people who are broken. And as you find those people, help them. And as you help them, give them the greatest help that they can receive. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help them. And so as you go, you come across people, those divine appointments. Hey, let's help people. Let's encourage people. Use your gifts that God has given you to be a blessing to someone else. People everywhere are hurting, are in bondage, and they feel hopeless. Several months ago, several months ago, I, I went to take our bus to A1 Muffler. And I've told this story, I think, in here, but the story continues. I went to A1 Muffler and, and I stepped out of the minibus and I heard my name being called and it was a girl who, as a teenager, attended the church I pastored here in the area and she just broke down and, and began to cry when she saw me. She told me of some of the difficulties going on and, and I, honestly, I had no idea what to do but pray. And so I prayed with her. And there in the, in, the, in the parking lot, I prayed. She wiped the tears away. She got her muffler fixed and I waited. But as I was waiting, there was another fellow. His name's Santiago. He was sitting in his truck and he said, hey, can you come here? Sure. I walked over and he said, look, I, I've got problems too. And I'd like you to pray for me. I said, well, I can do that. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I've got a fellow waiting on me. I'll tell him to go ahead. Do you mind giving me a ride back to the church? He said, well, sure, I'll give you a ride. 
And so I prayed with him. And on the way back to the church, I gave him the gospel. He did not put his faith in Jesus Christ, but we formed a relationship. I've texted him ever so often. He did visit with us during one of our, our big events here or big, uh, big service here. Uh, he came in late. He left uh, at the invitation. And, and, but the gospel was presented and he liked it. I've been praying for he and his, his fiance. She's, uh, she was pregnant. And then I got a phone call from him or a, a text rather from him. And, and he said, uh, Habitat for Humanities is building us a, a, a house. And uh, we, we have the privilege of having a home. And he said, I'd like for you to come to this event and, and I'd like you to, to pray. Well, when I got there, I didn't realize that there were other families who were dedicating homes and there were other people there to pray. The mayor showed up on his bicycle and, and, uh, and, and I, I had the privilege to pray and then go to his house and pray for his house. I went to his house, and as I prayed, this other Hispanic family who was in the house beside of him said, hey, can you come over and pray for our house? So I went over to their house, and I prayed for their house, and that the gospel would fill that home. Santiago's fiance wasn't there and I said well how's how's the pregnancy how has the baby been delivered and he said we lost our baby and I was able to share him share with him mine and my wife's testimony and try to encourage him folks look there is no way that any of us could have planned any of that I shudder to think at how many of those times I've missed in the way, and didn't preach, didn't witness, didn't speak for him. I thank God for that one. I've spoken to him recently, and they're struggling. They need Christ. And there's people like that everywhere, and you know where they're at because you see them struggling. So help and encourage and use the gifts that God has given you to help people who are hurting and in bondage and, and feel hopeless. We are light and salt and we're the only light and salt that some of them are ever going to see. And so we need to be careful as we live our lives that we're living it for Him because we're going to witness for someone whether we want to or not. We're going to represent something and if we're not intentional about representing Christ, then we're certainly not going to influence people to want to know about our Savior. So help and encourage you to use your gifts. Number five, be prepared. But be prepared in your heart. I, I think that everybody, I think that everybody ought to, ought to get one of these things here. The gospel track. I think everybody in here ought to have these with them. Now, it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> and what I think has no power. What does Jesus think? He might not think it's a bad idea. But we need to be prepared. But I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to give you a thought from verses 9 and 10, however, concerning that preparation. Verse 9 says, Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip, that's a duffel bag, a traveling bag, for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. 
it would almost seem like Jesus is saying, go unprepared. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying, don't depend upon these things to be a help. I need you to go and I need you to do and I need you to, to be prepared in your heart. <laughs> when I come to some of the outreach, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I'm gonna get three of these fresh start, but somebody might like this, uh, the way to heaven from North Carolina, so I'm gonna get three of those. I might run into somebody who speaks Spanish, and so I'm gonna get one of those. And But if there's a family that has somebody that wants has a kid that wants to ride the bus, I'm gonna take a few of those. And then I got this Easter card. I wanna get the essential book, and I'm, I'm preparing all these tools. And then if somebody does get saved, I, I, I wanna have the Bible Truth of New Believers to take with them. And, and I'm spending so much time on the tools, and I take them with them, and many times... I'm not suggesting that we don't take these. That's, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But sometimes we can take these things depending on these things and this is not prepared to speak for Jesus. Sometimes we hide behind these things so we don't have to speak. Sometimes we use this as cover. But Jesus wants us to talk for him. He wants us to witness. He wants us to proclaim what he has done. Now these are good tools. And I'm ashamed of myself that I, I, I remembered, and this is where this comes from, I, I remember thinking that the Holy Spirit has prompted my heart to, to, to speak to someone and encourage someone and invite them to church. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, I got, oh no. I don't have a track, I can't do it. He didn't tell me to give them a track, he told me to witness. Sometimes these things can get in the way they can become the end when they're only meant to be the means. So be prepared, but be prepared in your heart. If you don't have a gospel track, put one in your car, get one in your Bible, have them in your pocket or whatever. But even if you don't, you and I know what Jesus has done for us and we can speak for him and we can encourage others and we can talk to them. Van Abernathy is still taking tracks, even the ones that are outdated or have the wrong service ordered on these, and he's going all kinds of places and rest stops. And he travels different directions on different highways so that he can go to different rest stops and take those hundreds of booklets that are usually in those racks in there. And he sits there in the middle of the night and he takes those and it's like a, a, a an inserting system at the newspaper office and he's taking tracks, he's putting it in, he's taking tracks and putting them in. And, and hundreds of these and he's putting them back in the rack. And people who are traveling from all over are getting these gospel tracks. I think that's a great idea. How can you do the same or do the like? Look for opportunities. Hey, another great way to witness for the Lord is to acknowledge Jesus in your conversations. If you hear somebody say something good, thank God for it. If you hear somebody talk about good things, thank God. If you hear somebody talking about bad things, let them know that, hey, I know somebody who can help you. Let me pray for you. That's a great witness and you never know what people are going through. We judge people's motives and we judge what we think or, or we think what, that we know what they're thinking and all the while Jesus has been working in their hearts for that moment to meet a Christian just to get a glimpse of light. So acknowledge Jesus in your conversations and number six, realize of course some will receive it and some will not. 
Verses 11 through 14 give us the instance of coming into the city and, and finding those who are worthy. There are divine appointments there, those that will receive you and house you and help you. And then there's others that won't. And there's judgment for that. And as you and I talk, some are going to scoff. People are, are, are you know, some are going to receive it and some are not. But I'm going to tell you this, 90% of the time, as a matter of fact, I can't remember but one man in the last several months that has turned away a gospel tract. People will take them. Bless McDonald's heart. Every one of them ought to get saved over here because pastors going through there passing out tracts to them. Other people going through the drive-thru passing out tracts to them. You could see an array of Tabernacle Baptist Church tracts on their back wall. I gave one to one the other day. She said, I'm going to stick it right here with the others. <laughs> Isn't that a blessing? And as we've heard so many times, you can never witness and talk about Jesus to the wrong person. I love what Mr. Norman does. He comes in with, with some of the craziest tracks. And he's got dozens of them. I mean, the kind that have the little picture, if you move it, it, it looks like it's changing. He, he gave me some to look at, and, and I've been passing them out. And it was ABC. You remember that one? Mrs. Hickman came to me and said, hey, do we have a, do we have a, we have a gospel track for children. I said, oh man, we need to get one. We need to write a book for kids. We need to, we need to uh, have a track for kids. We need to do a, a presentation of the gospel in, in, on a video. We need, we need all that for the children. And then it dawned on me. I got your track. And I gave it to her. She came back and told me, Mrs. Hickman came back and told me later, she said, I used that track and that child got saved. A blessing. Folks, listen, we're so worried about what, what, what people think of us and what they're going to say, and we have all of those thoughts and all of those battles and, and all of that. But look, may I say to you, please relax. You don't have to know it all, you just have to know what happened to you. You don't have to have a testimony of being, uh, being pulled out of the depths of sin and now you're some wonderful Christian. As a matter of fact, the greatest testimony is that you never got into that mess and God preserved you from it. But tell people you grew up in church. Tell people that you've listened to. Tell people and talk about Him. But just relax. It's not up to you to save them. It's up to God to use you to draw them. But if you are unwilling to speak for him, then he has nothing to work with in you. So as you go to work, preach. As you go to lunch break, preach. As you go to the park, preach. As you go for a walk around the neighborhood, preach. As you go to the gym, preach. As you go to the restaurant or the drive-thru, preach. As you go shopping, preach. As you go to the doctor's office, preach. As you go to the parts store, preach. As you go to the hardware store, preach. As you go to the mall, preach. As you go to college class, preach. As you go to school, preach. But may God help us tonight to realize that we have a responsibility to preach, to speak for him, to proclaim to others what he has done. And may God help us. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, 
as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you and thank you once again for listening.